Welcome to the I Work For Him podcast. I'm Michael Miracle, producer of the I Work For Him radio program, the voice of the faith and work movement. Our mission is to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. What does that look like in your workplace? Let's find out right now. Welcome to I Work For Him. We are your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg, and today we are going to bring you a heck of a show. A guy whose dream, well, I don't want to spoil it all, but the dream he had as a boy is the dream God used to move him into ministry <laughs> and everywhere in between. Just really, really cool. We'll tell you a little bit more about that in a couple of seconds. But Martha, we always want to have people, well, we love to hear from people. Mm-hmm. What's one great way people could talk to us? Well, you know, there is this thing called pen and paper. I know. I'm just being a little well, I bit. I love pens and paper. You... I don't know so much about. <laughs> no. Um, we have a contact page on our website, and this is a great place for you to send us a note. So if you go to iworkforhim.com, go to click on contact, it's it'll send an email to us, Jim. If there's something on your heart, something that either the Lord's been teaching you or um, that you've seen and witnessed in your workplace that you just want others to hear about, or maybe you even have a question um, or want us to address something, we're happy to do that. And our contact page is a great way to start that conversation. It really, really is. And we love to hear from you guys. We love to hear what God is doing all around you and how you're learning how to live out your faith in your work. So our guest today is going to be Terry Borcheller. Terry was a professional race car driver, not NASCAR, but race car, more Grand Prix than anything else. And here's the deal about his story. When he was a little kid, he loved racing. He, I mean, that was his dream. He always wanted to be a race car driver and was, as a 20-year-old, successful in some of the unpaid race car classes. Uh, high-powered go-karts doing 100 to 140 miles an hour laying down flat. Crazy. Crazy stuff. But when he came to Christ, he thought he'd have to give it all up. And a lot of you think that same thing, that you need to give it up, give up your job and quit your job and go on the mission field or go work in a church because you found Jesus. Well, first of all, he wasn't lost, but when he found you, he... He doesn't waste this gifts, talents, and abilities that he has given us. And Terry Borcheller was gifted and talented as a race car driver. And God used that the last 30 years in order to really <laughs> impact a generation of racing. You know, racing's been in my blood all my life. Nope, never stepped the foot in a race car but I love racing. You know, for my friends in the audience today that have known me for decades, you know that today is going to be a treat because we talk about racing. Most race car drivers are famous for driving in circles and always turning left. That's NASCAR. Or they're famous for driving straight with the pedal to the floor. That's drag racing. But the real talent, those are the drivers that have to turn right and left and keep doing so, sometimes for up to 24 hours in close quarters with tons of different classes of cars on the exact same track. Now that's talent. What exactly when I, I want to know this question. When exactly do they stop to pee? <laughs> that's a question I probably won't ask today. Today we get a chance to meet a retired race driver who's not really retired, but has turned his driving skills into driving discipleship skills on the track. I can't think of a better way to spend the second half of life than discipling people and teaching them the art of really knowing how to drive in life and on the track. Mm. Terry Borcheller, welcome to I Work for Him. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. We're excited to have you share your story, but let's just start off at the beginning. When did you know you wanted to be a race car driver? I mean, every kid dreams about it. I mean, were you, 
Is that what it was for you? As, as far back as I can remember, I've always had a fascination of Hot Wheels, cars. Uh, I was on a mini bike when I was five, uh, so I got a taste of speed and, and competition and, uh, and then started racing go-karts with my dad when I was 12. Oh, real go-karts, the ones that do 55, 60 miles an hour, those kind. 80, 90. 80, 90. Oh, so the real Maybe ones. even a little faster than what you were and, imagining. And then within a couple of years, so still a very young teenager, I was running 140 miles an hour at Daytona. Wow. wow. Daytona, nice. Okay, well, I love that. That's fantastic. And I love the speed thing. That's it, It's so addictive. Uh, okay, so how did the Lord capture your life? October 17th, 1987. Uh probably one of the darker points of my uh, young life, uh, realized that uh, I was at the bottom of a barrel that I couldn't get out of. Mm. Uh, they call it a crisis salvation. Uh, I wasn't raised in the church. I was kind of raised in and around uh, a belief in God, but really no uh, devotional life at all. Uh, my parents were great people, but not really uh, centered around Christ or God. Uh, and I just cried out. And uh, in the midst of my despair, I said, if there is a God, I, I need help. And that was, that was my initial prayer for salvation. If there is a God, I, I need your help. And uh, from that prayer... Uh, uh, my life was radically changed, and I've never, I've never been the same since. And I've had a, a friendship with God ever since. It's been well, amazing. I love the fact that you know a lot of people get caught, get caught up in the prayer that needs to be prayed. No, it's a, it's a status of heart. And you were just, you realized you were at the end of yourself, and you just needed Jesus. You were already racing at that point in time. Uh, professionally, were you already professionally racing at that point in time? No, I wasn't pr- racing professionally. I had started racing go-karts when I was 12. Uh, I was in my, I think I was 21 years old when this happened. I was actually had just won a national karting championship in endurance karts, which is the highest level of karting that you can win. And nothing really happened for me. And I kind of thought in my, uh, you know, in my immaturity, I'm thinking, well, I won a karting championship. I'm obviously the best. I should be <laughs> racing cars professionally. But no doors opened. Uh, it was a big uh, slap in the face in regards to life because I'm thinking, okay, this is never going to happen. I'm never going to be able to get my dream. I can't afford it. I don't know what to do next. Uh, I just had no idea what that transition would look like into professional racing in a realistic way. And it was frustrating. It caused me to kind of spiral a little heavier into the partying and the things that I was doing to kind of fill my, my needs. And, uh, ultimately it was what is, it was what took me to, to find God. So let's talk about that. So you, you know, when you cried out and you said, you know, if there is a God, I need help. You know, if you're, and so what, what then happened in your life? Well, the first thing that I did, my mom had become a Christian about five or six years before. So I called her up and immediately she said, don't move. I'm, I'm going to bring you to a church. And I'm thinking, oh my God, I don't, what is this going to be? And, and she ended up getting me some counseling with some people that knew uh, the gospel well and, uh, and shared the gospel with me. Uh, they were also involved in some uh, uh, spiritual warfare counseling that I, I definitely needed at the time because I, I was just a mess. Uh, 
and and really it was it was over a very rapid pace that God started revealing himself to me and I started seeing for the first time and believing that God was real there was a couple of uh you know funny stories uh I remember within a couple of days I said well you know it was that back and forth of you know is is this real is this I think that something's happening that's amazing but I still you know that I don't I just don't know that this can be real hmm. and so I remember asking a question I, I basically I said God if you're if you're if you're really there, I, I, this is a big change for me from my, all of my friends from my, it's going to be a world changer. And so I need a sign. Like I need some type of a sign. And literally within the next day, I I'm sitting at a traffic light and I look over and there's a bumper sticker on a, the back of a car. And it said, uh, N O no Jesus N O no peace. And then oh, on yeah. the other, on the bottom, it says K N O W no Jesus, no peace. And I, mm-hmm. and it wasn't just the sign, but it was the spirit of God that came with the sign being revealed by God that just broke me. I just, I started weeping and I'm just sitting at a traffic light, just crying and crying. And, 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 and it was God ministering to me and letting me know that he was alive and that he was real. And, uh, it was more than just the bumper sticker. So how did God move you into professional racing? I mean, you, you came in a down and out. You won a national go-karting. You know, what did you say? It was endurance go-karting? Yeah, d- endurance carts, lay-down carts. It, okay. It's a it's well, a pretty... The lay-down stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah. I never figured out how you could actually see when you're looking straight up, but okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy. Looking back, I don't know how that worked. But uh, for me, it was... Uh, I, I assumed that I was going to go into ministry. Uh, I had always felt that I had a call uh, to be an evangelist. Uh, I felt like God really uh, was wanting me to release the desire to race, uh, that I was going to have to give it up, which I was not happy about. I was frustrated. I was, uh, you know, I was, um, I was wanting my own way. I was wanting to, to race. That's what I wanted. And racing was in your blood. And, and, but I didn't think it was in God's plan for me. That was the, that was the, that was the angst I was dealing with. Even though he'd been training you to be a racer since you were five years old, you thought that God would want you to throw all of that away so you could quit your job, go to seminary and become a pastor. Yeah. Because I, I thought the racing was just my, you know, my selfish desires. And, mm-hmm. but were you were good at it though. I was good at it, but it, it, it still, it just didn't register that it was something that God would ever use. And so I, I don't know if it was because of the, uh, the mindset of the church being a building, which it's not, obviously. Uh, but I had this mindset that I was going uh, to have to go into ministry. And, and I ended up going to Ecuador uh, on, a, on the mission field and thought when I came back, I was going to literally go into full-time ministry. And when I came back, that door closed hard mm. down. And uh, imagine you didn't get to a mountain racing in Ecuador. We're talking with Terry Borcheller today. He's got a story you need to hear. Wait to hear what's next. But just want to make sure you knew who we're talking to. A, a, a race driver that's got, well, well you, they know the rest of the story, Terry, because we now know that you had a 30-year career racing. God let you stay in racing because that's what he'd been preparing you for, isn't it? Yeah, it really is amazing. It's an amazing testament to the love of God, uh, because in my fear, I I thought he was going to take away uh, the very thing that I wanted to do in my life. And his love is so incredibly gracious that he... uh, he doesn't let us have what we want all the time, mm-hmm. but the desires of our heart is what he wants to fulfill. 
um, unless it's harmful for us, and then he'll change our desires. But it's just, it's been an incredible testament of his love. But um, it was your gifting. I mean, there's so many people listening to the show today, Terry, that are going, well, I, I've got that same love for ballet or art or numbers or engineering or, or math or you know, building things. And they're thinking, oh, but I can't really serve God in this. Yet that's what their gifting is. And so it's the same story. Maybe they're not a race car driver, but they've got a natural gifting and a desire deep in them to do something. God typically doesn't take pull them out of that to go quit their job and go work on a four walls church. He wants just them to recognize that where they are, their workplace is a mission field. Yeah. And it's and it's been an incredible journey. Um but he had to I, I think that he had to take the priority of that because Jesus as Savior is mentioned not a lot in Scripture. If you look at the references, it's there's not a huge number of times, but mentioned as Lord, as Yahweh, uh, it's mentioned almost 7,000 times. Hmm. And for me, I think that racing was such a pull. It was, it was so attractive to me that there almost was a moment where God needed to, in time, uh, take me to a place where I was, I was willing to let that go. Um, and it was painful. I mean, it was literally almost like a physical death for me because I'm thinking I'm never going to do this again. Mm. Um, but in hindsight, looking back, that was the best possible scenario because it gave me the freedom when I was in racing, when God did open doors that I knew it was him. I, I've always known from, from the very first opportunity, once I came back from that mission field and didn't go into full-time ministry, I, I've been in full-time ministry my entire life. Uh, Motorsports Ministries has been a recent uh, addition to what I do. Uh, 2014, the founder passed away, and I've been doing Motorsport Ministries. But I, I was, even as a driver, I brought young men to the track from Teen Challenge. Uh, I, I, uh, I did, uh, we handed out tracks. We shared Christ. We, if I was doing the ministry before I had a ministry. And I think that's what I really want the listeners to hear because there wasn't a separation of the two. It wasn't either or in God's book. It was, let's do this together. Let's use the skills you have to get the, um, in your case, the recognition, because it really validated who you are as a person, and then you were able to minister, and that was your mission field right there at the racetrack, wasn't it? And yeah, and, and what, what was really awesome was, you know, when you're in a platform like that, and God is allowing you to win, he's allowing you to actually uh, be very successful within whatever it is that you're doing. Mm-hmm. There comes a, a credibility with that where I I could be a lot bolder than normal. Mm-hmm. I could say for the most part what I wanted in regards to the gospel. If I would get interviewed by t- on TV, uh, I I had there was at one point where I had one of the uh, commentators. He pulled the mic away before he interviewed me, and he says, he said just. Can you just not say anything about Jesus this this time? <laughs> this time, <laughs> and and I and I looked at him and I said, I said, this is not an audition for me. Mm-hmm. I'm only going to say what's in my heart, and I, I can't tell you what that's going to be. I'm I mean I'm gonna I'm gonna speak what comes to my heart, and I know that I'm only here because of him. And sure enough, as soon as the inter- interview started, his first question, I I said, well, if it wasn't for the grace of God and the love of Jesus, I mean, I and again, I just couldn't help but have that come out of of who I was because Mm -hmm. 
it, it was a it, it wasn't a separation. Mm-hmm. I, I was there because of God. It wasn't mm-hmm. something that I would just coin and then say it was it was the reason I was there and I knew that I always knew that God opened the door I always knew that he provided I always knew that it was his grace that allowed me to live my dream I always knew it was him behind the scenes I I always knew that was happening and so it was easy for me to give him credit All right Terry Borcheller is our Borcheller is our guest today and he was a professional race driver Terry was it Indy or Grand Prix it was sports cars. Sports cars. So more Grand Prix. More Okay. I, I would figure the natural thing would be to go from gold karts to IndyCar, you know, because you're open wheel to open wheel, but that's not what it was. Well, that's what I wanted to do. I, I wanted, as a kid, I wanted to race Formula One, but I was already way past that when I started in my professional career, but it was still always my passion. Uh, sports car came about because of the structure of the series. You have long races. In those long races, you have more than one driver. So I was able to meet up with guys that maybe didn't have the the uh, experience that I had or they didn't have the speed that I had, but they wanted to try to win races. And they had money to be able to support it. So they would be able to fund the program, they'd be able to pay me, and we'd be able to win races sometimes. So your car, DeJour, what was, the, what was your favorite one to be driving? I love the prototypes. I, I really like the way that they, mainly because they handle more like a, a race car should handle, like a like an Indy car would, uh, the open wheel type cars. Yep. Uh, the GT cars were they were fun, and they were uh, there were some that were special. But was there a manufacturer brand that you like to lean towards? Uh, not really. I mean, I, I these days I'm I'm I think I lean probably heavy, hev, heaviest on Ferrari. Because they're just an incredible brand. Uh, they've got an incredible product. Uh, even the way they market themselves is just, I've learned a lot because a lot of the coaching that I've done has been in their single make series, the Ferrari it, Challenge. Is there one in your garage? Uh, no. no okay, my my wife has told me that at one point I will have one in my garage, but as of now. It could be a poster, but you'll have one in your yeah, garage. that's okay. right. <laughs> so you hung out in an area where the lifestyles of the rich and famous really came about i mean grand prix those kind of races i mean it's it's big deal big money huge money huge sponsorships what did your ministry look like as a driver and 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 how is that ministry continuing on today now that you're not a driver well as a driver it was basically just uh living out my life with christ openly i mean that's you know when i was interviewed when i was asked questions i i wouldn't it wasn't propaganda for me it was part of my core was to share what god had done in my life and what he was currently doing and my relationship that i now have with him and how that enables me to do what i'm doing again it wasn't propaganda it was it was my life i mean it's how i i lived my life uh, now with the ministry, it's I'm there more for motorsports ministries. I'm there as a ministry, uh, and and in some ways it's a little harder because you don't you know it's 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 not a part of the like like as a driver, everybody that was involved with that community, you were respected as a driver, especially if you won, and and you were you were needed because you were an intricate part of the element that made the race weekend work. Now, as Motorsports Ministries, again, we know that everybody needs the Lord, everybody needs God, but in regards to a race weekend to function, you don't need Motorsports Ministries. It right. doesn't have to be there. 
But what does Motorsports Ministries do? Because our listeners may, may not know what you mean. We, we, there's a lot that we do over the course of the weekend. We, we do a chapel service, um, which is for anybody that comes to the actual race weekend. Mm-hmm. We also uh, minister one-on-one throughout the paddock. We go to all of the different uh, communities that make up the community as a whole. So you've got corner workers. You've got emergency service workers. You've got track owners, you've got vendors, you've got sponsors, you've got the teams and the crew members and the drivers, you've got, you've got all these different people that make the weekend work. And so Motorsports Ministries has different opportunities where they are able to, uh, to minister to each of these groups. So the cool part is you got to take a passion that the Lord laid on your heart and you've lived it out your entire life and your faith has been a center part of it. On the back of your race cars, did you have the no Jesus, no peace, no Jesus, no peace? Did you have that sticker? No. I, there, were, there were times where uh, the founder of Motorsports Ministries, Richard Anderson, he, he would give me a sticker. I would think that one would have been a great one. we got to be done. Terry Borchelder, thank you so much for being yeah. I work for him. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers, our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I work for him. Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him podcast with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Please visit IWorkForHim.com to learn more about connecting your faith and work, to join the I Work For Him nation, or subscribe to our weekly blog. You can also follow us on social media at IWorkForHim to stay up to date and meet our guests. If today's message spoke to you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review will launch more workplace missionaries across America. That's at IWorkForHim and online IWorkForHim.com. IWork, the number four, him.com.